0: Oh, yeah. Rocking out to a little Van Halen. Yeah, go. Sorry.
1: Let's hit this segment running and gunning. Time for a
2: fast back and forth with Pete and Dave.
1: We're calling Fast Break on the Huddle.
2: Jumping the gun a little bit there, Dave. You know what? That texter last week was right. I talk too much. Go ahead, Charlie. Jumping the gun a little bit is the fast (laughs) break here. (laughs) <laughs> and uh yeah let's get right into it here we, we ran along with larry as you should as you should um but uh let's let's get right into it we'll start with you dave as you know from the previous conversation the girls hockey state championship wrapped up last night the war road ladies taking home that class a title the class 2a title going to gentry academy is that how you pronounce it gentry it, it is gentry is. yes over anoka now, if you aren't familiar with Gentry Academy, a quick rundown directly from their About Us page. It says, we offer a foundation of leadership through daily training lessons combined with flexible schedules to focus on the skill sets in which students need to improve. Now, what does that mean? What is the translation there? Well, we have hockey class for about three hours a day to uh, for our hockey girls, and yep. we have basketball class for our basketball boys. And it is a sports-focused high school that recruits from around the country. Um, and plays in the double-A uh, bracket for these tournaments. So my question to you, Dave, it's the obvious one. Should they be allowed to play hmm. in these kind of locally, local tournaments like this? It,
0: it's it's an interesting question, and they are not the only school around no, here. No, they're no, they're not. Gentry's not. There's others. Um, and And, you know, as a parent – uh, of hockey players of and and i certainly understand that if your kid loves the game and and loves hockey uh and wants to, and, and needs that as a portion of his life then then i can see a use for it you know what i get it my son plays it's not his only sport he has a lot of other interests including science and technology and engineering so that would never be something that i would look into but if, if your kid is that person then i i get it The bigger question here is, and I'm sure that we'll talk about this as we go forward to the boys hockey tournament, is whether it's time to pull the private schools out of the AA and uh, single-A tournaments and let them have their own tournament. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is always a question every single year, and and I've always had the same take. I do think that it's probably better if private schools have their own tournament uh, because, simply, I like to see these small schools get a chance to compete And and these you know even in the one A or two A you know it's it's hard when you're facing some of these private schools and they should have their own bracket and I would love to see you know what it's it's great for everybody you add another tournament or another uh, bracket of the tournament there's more games more people get a chance to watch maybe you do different locations there's all sorts of reasons why but not the least of which is I would love to I love to see when these smaller schools make a Cinderella run. And don't have to run into a private school powerhouse to try to beat them when they have kids from all over the state, all over the country, who they simply won't be able to hang with.
2: Yep, and wow. uh, go ahead, Pete. <laughs> well, I was
3: just going to say um, I totally agree with you. I'll, although I I do love the David and Goliath kind of things whenever once in a while David can mm-hmm. take down Goliath as well. I mean, and. The, And if, and if we're going to separate them out, we don't get that. I mean, I'm, I'm down here in Florida and Bradenton just above me is IMG. And so, you know, and we've gotten a lot of players play for the Golden Gophers on football from IMG and, and all over the rest of the country. They, they produce these athletes that are just phenomenal. Um, same idea, you know, the whole thing. It's, it starts with sports and ends with sports and there's academics in between, but, um, I don't know. There is something about it. I, I thrived playing against, you know, the big schools, you know, whether it was in basketball or football in high, in high school. I loved it. You know, Minneapolis Central was a pretty small school, and we, we would have to go up against the big boys. You know, back then it was the Burnsvilles of the world and, mm-hmm. and you know, Bloomington and Jefferson and Lincoln and all those schools that were there. And, uh, you know, there, there was something really gratifying about beating them. And, you know, I, I could lose three, but if we won once, uh, I, I would be the happiest guy. I mean, I just yeah. loved it.
2: My <laughs> understand. So there, go ahead.
3: Yeah, go ahead. No,
2: you can go finish ahead. your thought, Pete.
3: No, I was just going to say, there's something about that feeling when you can take them down. And and maybe you never get that opportunity. Maybe it doesn't happen. But when you do, there's nothing better.
0: Well, and I think most of the private schools are in 2A, I, b- I believe, Charlie, yeah, right? Yeah, at, at this point. 1A, have
2: any? Uh, I mean, I'm sure they do. Not in the, the top.
0: Some, but not, but not, not in the it, top ten.
2: It used to be worse where there were more private schools than that you know 1A because Correct. of the yep. class sizes most now have congregated up to 2A. And uh, my understanding, too, is that Minnesota is a bit unique in this regard. Most states do have that kind of private-public tournament, yeah. particularly out east. Out east. Sure. It's all yep. yeah, private uh, tournaments and public tournaments. Uh, so that's a pretty uh, thorough answer. We can come back to it later if we want, but let's move <laughs> on here. With a question for uh, Pete, and I've I've, I've got uh, some musical accompaniment. CEO, entrepreneur, born in 1964, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos is in the news. The Washington Commanders owner, Dan Snyder, is allegedly not letting him bid on the team. Jeffrey Bezos is wanting to buy the Washington Commanders, allegedly. Uh, and mm-hmm. has hired some firms, and Dan Snyder is saying, that "Not so fast. I don't want you um, to quote a insider who uh, has some uh, who's been briefed on the sale of the team. It's a free country. Snyder can sell it to whoever he wants. Of course, mm-hmm. that is that is true. But my question to you, Pete, is. Is that a good thing or should the owners step in here? Wouldn't it be a good thing for somebody with that kind of capital, that kind of influence, that kind of power to be Mm -hmm. among the NFL owners? And should the owners step in and say, you know what, Dan, if he wants it and he's going to bid for it and he's going to bid a lot of money for it, you should Mm -hmm. go with it.
3: Well, you know, my, my, my first reaction would be, I don't understand why he, I understand that he owns it. He's made a huge bunch of mistakes, which is why they don't want him to own it any longer. Um, so I would almost think that that for for that reason alone, first of all, I think it, it should be up for the highest bidder. Um, and as long as the NFL approves, because I've gone through this process, when the NFL um, is going to allow a team to be bought, they go through everything about the person or, or people that are going to be bidding on that team. And so, you know, they they'd be the ones that I would look for to say, okay, Jeff Bezos is is the right guy for all of these various reasons, and. I I don't know. I just find it interesting that Dan Snyder feels I understand he owns him, but you know what? He has sacrificed or uh, he uh, sacrificed to buy him when he did. But the the whole process I think changes because of the reasons why they want him out. And and I think we go back to the you know what it should be anyway, which is the highest bidder. And if that ends up being Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos and and the NFL approves him, they ought to get it to him. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I I'll,
0: I'll say this. Um <laughs> The time to go against uh, Dan Snyder was, was, what, three years ago when he became the full-time owner of, of the mm-hmm. Washington football team? Like, why was that approved? I mean, it, it, <laughs> he acquired the other 40%. We all knew what he was – I mean, at that point, the book was out on Dan Snyder. Why did they mm-hmm. allow him to become a full – 100% owner of the team if you wanted him not to, to be there? <laughs> Whatever. I, you know what – I I I think it's silly. Uh, I think it's silly that they won't let uh, Bezos buy the team. I I don't know why he wants to buy the team. Maybe he wants to sell uh, sports tickets on Amazon. He's a smart guy. Maybe that's where he wants to go from here. I don't know. It wouldn't be a bad thing. I
2: mean, the rumor on that Snyder thing is, well, Snyder knows all the dirt on everybody. And he's got, you know, all this information, all the other owners doing nefarious sure. things. Now, who knows if that's true, but that's, you know, gone around he's, the He's realm. as dirty as any of them. He's dirty. Well, sure, exactly. That's why he's going to, he holds all the dirt. Uh, yep. All right. All right, Dave, on to your next question here. Question number three. That's right, baseball fans. The pitch clock is here officially. As spring training has started, the pitch clock has taken Florida and Arizona by storm. Every single game played so far has been shorter than the league average game of last year, which was three hours and seven minutes. Even the high-scoring Twins-Orioles matchup from yesterday was only two hours 50 minutes. It was a 15-run game. Average game time so far has been two hours and 34 minutes, a full 33 minutes shorter than the average game last year and the shortest since 1978. I think most folks probably agree that that's a good thing, right? Quicker games, yeah. more action, all those things. But my question to you is and the one thing that I've been seeing so far, should there be stipulations at the end of close games where that play clock gets turned off? Cuz to me, I think it's really exciting when it gets close and it in late in the games and there's that you know, suspense, that excitement. Should it be turned off at uh, in no. under certain circumstances, or am I overthinking? No, it?
0: I'm no, overthinking. I, no, I, I understand what you're saying, but but to me, if you're going to change the rule, change the rule, and and mm-hmm. be and then let that be part of it, right? This the one thing that drives me crazy about basketball is that the first uh, everything but the last five minutes of the game takes like an hour and ten minutes, and then the last five minutes of a close college game takes forty five minutes. I mean, it's ridiculous if if you're gonna make the change then make the change and and go with it and I like the change I like adding a pitch clock I do uh to me this is a bigger greater scope of issue uh major League baseball against analytics because analytics has changed the game and every decision that we make to the point that now they're trying to counteract it with this but no you you, you got to keep it in there the whole time and it, it just becomes it becomes part of it just like like it does in football, right? You don't get longer uh, on the play clock during a a close football game. It's part of it. I don't agree. I would not do that in baseball.
3: I'm right there with you. I I was listening to your answer and I was really curious what you'd say, but I'm I'm a hundred percent with you, Dave. I, I think that, and it makes sense, right? I mean, they're trying to figure out how baseball can, can be more attractive to the younger audience. And we all know that there's, you know, a smaller window there than there, there is for the older audience. So they, they've, I think this actually has been brilliant and that they finally did it. It makes a heck of a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It's going to attract more people, I think, over time because you don't have that commitment of three and a half hours for a game now. And if you can get it down there to a level where people can use uh, their brains for that long a period to be in, in engaged, I think it's great. I mean, okay. I, you know, you can almost compare it to movies, right? I mean, where you, where you, you know, if the movie's three hours long, People just generally just aren't going to go. Mm-hmm. But if it's you know somewhere within the two-hour range, they're willing to go to those movies. So I think it's I think it's something they've talked about forever, trying to figure out how they can fix baseball to be something that would attract more youthful people to to watch. I think this is a genius move, and it's I think it's proving by the time frame that that part of it at least that is absolutely dented into, it, as you uh-huh. pointed out, Charlie.
2: Yep, and Pete, uh, we're going to go real quick with this last one. I'm going to give you one minute because we are running long, but good answers on both of those. Pete, the Florida State University Board of Regents met this week to discuss their standing in the ACC. And boy, were some of those slides illuminating, which were made public. ACC media rights deals are sending a paltry $17 million to each team per year comparatively each SEC team is getting 51 million and each Big 10 team is getting a whopping 67 million per year are these new media rights deals the final straw that will lead to two or three mega conferences
3: yes and it's too bad because it shouldn't be that way i think it's terrible i think they're ruining football by doing this i think over time we're all going to see this sort of evaporate because What makes a conference? You're not playing enough against the people that are within your conference already. And when you're starting to make a conference into a super conference, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. I think that they, they should have made the rules on exactly how the splits go and everybody's involved. They didn't want to do that. They wanted all the money to themselves. And now the Big Ten and the SEC, at some point, they're going to be 30 and 40 teams or schools within those conferences and, and there's just no way how do you actually determine who's really the best team we can barely do that in the big 10 right now I mean there mm-hmm. there can be arguments so um I don't like it all right the man
0: that's speaks all I got the for truth. you and I agree and i'll I'll add this Pete because I know that you feel the same way you don't get rivalry games anymore there's no, no more rivalry if you have 25 opponents in a conference it's yeah. just not the same
3: yeah yeah it's
0: too yeah. bad. It's a shame. It drives me crazy. All right, uh, Charlie, do we break? Here? Uh, we'll just you do break here. Up here. All right, so we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up, uh, and we'll get on to hour number two. Good stuff, Charlie. Thank you. You're listening to The Huddle on 830 WCCO.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 4 hours with audio every day.